Over this past summer, I did what a number of you did. I watched the Olympics. 16 days of breathtaking competition. In business, we all have competitors and we all compete for work. For most of us, that competition takes place on a much smaller stage than the Olympics. But there are still lessons to be learned from the competition that is the Olympic Games. Welcome to episode 56, where I discuss why you should 100% be networking with your competition. This episode is sponsored by Nickerson, a full-service branding, marketing, and PR and communications agency with team members in Boston, LA, Miami, and New York City. Visit them at nickersoncos.com. Welcome to This Shit Works, your weekly no-nonsense guide to networking your way to more friends, more adventures, and way more success with your host, Julie Brown. Here we go. Watching the Olympics as a child was such a different experience than it is now. When I was a child in the 80s, watching the events in the Olympics seemed, in a way, like an extension of the Cold War. We wanted the USA to win, and we wanted Russia to lose. The tension between the two nations and their athletes was palpable. I thought about this as I watched the women's gymnastics team final this year. How after each event, the women from the different nations would high-five each other and compliment each other on their performances. It was a stark contrast from watching gymnastics as a child, where the team from the United States wouldn't even look in the direction of the Russian team. Eye contact wasn't ever made, let alone high fives and hugs. This year, when the Russian Olympic Committee won the gold medal in the women's team all around, Simone Biles was the first person to walk up to them, hug them, and congratulate them. The other ladies from the USA women's team joined in as well. This is something that would never have happened 30 years ago, and it was refreshing to see. There are a number of reasons why you should be networking with your competition. For starters, your competition is your peer group, and it is really important to have a peer group, to know others who do what you do, who understand the pressure that you are under and the obstacles that you face. For those gymnasts, there's only a small group of women who compete at their level. Being able to commiserate, share stories, learn from each other, and still compete in a friendly manner is so important. I mentioned that I recently attended the National Speakers Association Conference in Las Vegas. Technically, this was a conference full of my potential competitors. We were all there to get better at our craft so we could book more speaking engagements. And everyone was so nice. I didn't know a soul before going to that conference. And when I met someone, they wanted to know about me. They wanted to introduce me to others when they found out it was my first time. And they asked what they could do to help me. I recently hired a virtual assistant that I found through one of the speakers I met at the conference. See, having a peer group of people who do what you do and can offer advice and introductions is invaluable. Second, your competition might just end up being your clients one day. And what I mean by this is things change. Circumstances change. People move companies. If you ignore your competition for years and then one of them changes companies and is now a potential client, and now you suddenly want to get to know them? Well, that smells like bullshit all day long. And you know what? This happens all the time. In my industry, for example, you might work for an architecture firm, and there is another firm in town that is your biggest competitor. And because of this, you fail to build relationships with anybody within that firm. Now, 
you learn that someone from that firm has just been hired by a local university or a major corporation to manage the expansion of their campus. Good luck getting a meeting with a person after you've ignored them for years. You can't only network with the people you think you can get the most from. You have to learn to network with everyone. Yes, you can still be strategic about who you network with and ask for strategic introductions, but ignoring vast swaths within your industry is simply detrimental. Another reason why I network with my competition is because I like to be able to refer work to other people. So you might find yourself in a position where you are just too busy to take on additional work or clients. Or sometimes uh, someone will call you for something that isn't exactly what you do. When this happens, I want to be able to refer people to others in my network that I trust and that will return the favor when they get a chance. In essence, it strengthens your referral network. And we all know the best chance of winning a project or a job comes from a great referral. What you and your competition have in common is the ability to share your experiences and lessons learned within the same industry. You aren't giving away your trade secrets when you meet with them, but so much can be learned from your peers. You may also be able to find opportunities to collaborate with each other, should that collaboration make sense and be symbiotic for both of you. These limited partnerships happen all the time in business, especially when pursuing large projects or clients. Networking with your competition is an often overlooked tool in business and one that you should spend time working on. Don't be threatened by your competition. Get to know them instead. Okay, cocktail time. Even though it's September, I am not ready to fall prey to the pumpkin fall bonanza just yet. I like to extend the summer as long as possible. So as long as the pool is still open, we are going to stick with light, refreshing Today, we are giving gin and vodka the day off and experimenting with a brand new cocktail, to me at least. <laughs> Ready? It's called Summer Tonic, and it's a rum and tonic cocktail. I know, it sounds like it should be gross. Rum is supposed to be mixed with Coke or ginger beer, not a tonic. This recipe comes from Otto in New York City and goes like this. One and a half ounces of Mount Gay rum. So I didn't have Mount Gay, so I used Appleton's, which is my go-to rum from Jamaica. One ounce of Rosa Amaro. Now, this is bitter, so I used a little bit less than an ounce. Half an ounce of freshly squeezed lemon juice. You know, always freshly squeezed. Four ounces of Fever Tree aromatic tonic. Now, there are other tonic waters out there, but I do prefer Fever Tree. And then we're going to garnish this with a rosemary sprig. So what we're going to do is we're going to fill a snifter with ice and then add the rum, amaro, and lemon juice. And then we're going to top it with tonic water, stir it briefly, and then garnish with that rosemary sprig. So this recipe took me by surprise. I never thought of pairing rum with tonic. Maybe like some of you who have never thought about networking with your competition. All right, friends, that is it for this week. I'm so excited for next week because the one and only Drew Davis will be joining us and we're going to talk about a lot of shit. Prepare yourself for that one. Go to his website, aka Drew Davis, and get excited. It's going to be so much fun. If you want more Julie Brown, you can find me at juliebrownbd.com or on Insta at juliebrown underscore bd or you can pick up my book, This Shit Works, from Amazon or Barnes & Noble or you can just come back here next week. I'll be waiting for you. Cheers. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen. 
Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a tip. And remember, you can unapologetically be who you authentically are and still be wildly successful. That's a fact. See you next week on This Shit Works. We'll be right back.